Alright, Sarayim Tov. We continue in our Sefer Nefesh Shimshon discussing the Sidur. We're now a uh, very uh, good timing. We're going to get to the end of Sukkot Zimra, which is the Shiras Hayam, the song at the sea, which is this week's Parsha. It's the fourth Aliyah. So, um, Rav uh, Pincus tells us that now that we have finished all the Sukkot Zimra, we come to the Shir Sayyam that is very different than all the other songs of the Halalukas. Okay. The Shir the Yam, that is a Shira that not only expresses our emuna in this amazing miracle, but the truth of the matter is, it was a historical fact. In other words, as we'll see, there's a lot of things we can praise God, but we can't say that we really experienced ourselves. But this is something that the Jewish people, Mamish, saw by themselves without any question. Okay, so therefore, one second, we, although we live in a world of darkness, but the rabbis say, that in every generation a person has to see himself as if he went out of Egypt. So we have to feel as if we ourselves saw the splitting of the sea. That which a maidservant saw, we see it. And when they saw it, it said, And they believed in Hashem and Moshe's servants. Okay? And just like we know, for example, everybody knows there is a country called Spain and although we never really investigated, but uh, there's a big background to that, right? So as much as you believe there's a country called Spain, but it's even clear to us that there was a splitting of the sea more so than the country of Spain. Why? How do we know anything about Spain? Well, we know about the history books, it's an atlas, but everybody knows that when you look in history books or even in newspapers, not everybody is to be believed. We don't know if that's absolutely true, but what's written in the Torah we know is absolutely true. When Hashem writes it, it's something that Jewish people, Mamish, experienced. Now, a lot of them can say, Hallelujah, Shemayim, the heavens praise, and this and that. We believe it. But we didn't experience it. This is something we mamish experienced, historical fact, and we must act as if we went through that yamsuf ourselves. That's a much different form of praise. Yes. But that's not in the Pesukah de Zimra. <laughs> it's not in the Pesukah de Zimra. Right? That's, that's a big difference. Right? And... Uh, and we know that, you know, a lot of things that historians tell us, scientists tell us, you know, it's not always true. I was just listening today on the way to the to the doctor. So they said, you know, this woman who has this anthophylactic uh, uh, reaction to peanuts. So she said, well, 30, 40 years ago, the doctors say, keep kids far away from peanuts, you know. But uh, he says, nowadays they're saying maybe they should get a little bit. So they're asking, why is it so many more reactions to peanuts now than before? 
Because before the scientists said, stay away, keep kids away from peanuts. So they don't develop any immunity to it. Now they're saying maybe you should get a little, a little, a little, so you get immunity. So in other words, whatever scientists tell you don't know necessarily true. You, if you're watching the news, you know, you know that what's happening today, they're telling you isn't true. All, it's a little bit longer, and, and October 7th didn't happen. It didn't happen. So when people say things, climate change, there is no such thing. So people lie. But here the Torah says clear, clear that it happened, such an event happened. And a Jew believes in this so much that we're willing to die for this. Right? If, 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 if uh, we will not deny whatever's written in the Torah. Right? So when we read in the Torah the Shira Tayyam, and let's say that Balkari makes a little mistake in reading us Yashir. Okay. Right away, we're going to correct him. Because we're telling something that was a true live event. And therefore the rabbis tell us that as we say the Shira Sayam every day, we should mamish feel like we are crossing the sea today. That's, that's an important concept. Now, what does that have to do with all that's going on over here? So, as opposed to all the other praises, that, yeah, we know Hashem does a lot of things, and we believe it, but this is something we mamish saw. And that's what the Gemara says. Anyone who says the Shira Sayam every day, and with Kavana, he will merit to say it in the world to come. That's what the Zohar says. Because what's the direct result of saying this Shira? Is that Hashem is in control of the world? And that's something that it's something that's real that we can feel. And therefore, we start Ashira Hashem. I sing to Hashem Kigogo because he's very lofty. It's not a praise of Hashem in the heavens, what he does in the heavens, but rather Sus a horse and his rider drowned in the sea. That's an under that's a simple understanding that I can understand. There were horses and riders, and they were coming after us, and Hashem drowned them. That's a whole different type of a praise. Yes, we know Hashem does all kinds of things. It's a, and therefore, for example, we say, let's say the Halukas, Haluka Bamromim in the heavens. Yeah, but at the end of all the Halukas, we have to end off, Amen, Bamein. say, I believe. Okay. I believe. Here there's nothing to believe. It actually happened. So if you sing this song, you're guaranteed you're going to sing in Olam Haba. And the Sefer Haredim writes, someone has such kavana, and he says it with simcharaba, with great joy. All your sins get forgiven, just like the Jews got their sins forgiven when they went out of Egypt. This is the ending part of Pesukah de Zimra, and it lets us continue now with the Kriya Shema and the Brachas of Kriya Shema and Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekein Hashem Achad. It's a whole different world. It's a whole different acceptance when you say, I am a first-hand witness to this. So now the question is, okay, that's wonderful. So why do we end Sukkot Zimra B'davka with this song? And you've noticed something amazing, that in this song, what is one of the main 
topics of the Shira Tayam is the song on the downfall of the wicked. And we know the Talmud tells us there are 10 songs that were sung in the history of the world. And if we could look at them briefly, all of them deal with the downfall of the wicked. Let's just quickly go through this. What's the first song that was sung in the world? Aramarisha. When he saw that Cain was able to, his chua was accepted, he sang the song, Mis Marshir Leoma Shabbat. He was the first one to compose it. Odomela composed it later again. And what's one of the main lines? It says, when the wicked people sprout like the grass and they're going all over the place, but for what purpose? For them to be totally destroyed. So that Shira talks about, yes, Hashem lifts up the evil only to destroy them. What was the second song? This Shira Tayam was the second song and how the Egyptians were totally destroyed. What was the third song? Third songs in Sefer Bamidbar, the song of the well, Oz Yashir Yisrael. And what caused them to sing? If you know the story, when the Jews are traveling through a narrow pass and the enemies of Jews are on the top of the mountains, they're gonna ambush them. Hashem brought the two mountains on top to bang into each other and kill them, but they didn't know it until the body parts were flowing from the well and they realized what happened and then they sang a song for that. So that's number three, Downfall the Wicked. The next song is Shirat Hazinu. And part of that song talks about how we should praise Hashem because Hashem takes revenge against those who hurt his children. The fifth song by Yeshua Ben Nun, when the sun stayed still in Givon, Right? And that talks about the destruction of all the Canaanite nations that happened during that battle. The next song was with Devorah when they destroyed Midian and it was an honor of their destruction. Chana sang the next song, which also talks about the destruction of the wicked. David sings the next song when he says, when Hashem saved him from the hands of his enemies, and the final song is the song at the end of time after the battle of Gog and Magog. That's nine out of the ten. All about destruction of the enemies. Except for one I skipped. Shir Hashirim. Shir Hashirim Asher which is the ninth song. The rabbis say all the Shirim are holy, but Shir Hashirim is holies of holies. It's the, it's the most praiseworthy of them. And now we have to understand what makes it different from all the other songs, number one and number two, what's this whole idea of singing songs for the destruction of the wicked? There's a Yiddish expression, isn't it enough that they were killed and you want to dance on their graves? <laughs> it wasn't enough that Shem destroyed them, we got to sing about it? All the songs talk about the destruction of the wicked people. And that seems to be the content of everything that's called a shira. We have to understand. Why can't we sing a shira about good things? <laughs> Why only about bad things? And what about shira shira? Doesn't seem to talk about bad things. So to explain this, we have to understand another idea. What does it mean we talk about Rishoyim? 
How is it possible there is shame in the world? There's a posset that says about the Jewish people, and your nation are all righteous. So how do we explain that a Russia is not part of Amcha? It's not part of your nation. According to the Rambam's 13 principles of faith, even if a person does all the wicked things in the world, a Jew, he's still not called a Russia. He's not taken out of the Jewish people as long as he has the 13 principles of faith. So what's going on? So in the Pasuk of Amcha Kulam Tzadikim, and your people, the Jewish people are all righteous, there is hidden a great secret. In everything in the world, there's an inner aspect that maintains something. Everything, whether it's inanimate, plant, living, speaking. There's a goof and a neshama for everything. Even an inanimate object, which says it has a neshama, it doesn't mean that it can a rock can sing and dance. But it has an inner aspect that gives it life. Because we say about Hashem that you give life to everything. There's a soul, an animal soul, an inanimate soul. There's some essence of divinity that gives it life. And it gives us expression. Right? We've never seen a soul, but it activates the body. You hear it through your ears, you see it through your eyes, etc. That gives expression to the soul through that divine power that's in there. The Navi says, Yotzer Or, he fashioned like Ubore Choshech and creates the evil. We don't say it in the davening that way, but that's what it really is. Oseh Shalom, he makes peace. Ubore Rai creates evil. Okay. We don't want to say Ra that Hashem makes it in the field, but that's the fact. Hashem makes it all. There is a reality called Ra. Now, we don't think about good. There is, there's good, there's flavor, there's different layers and types of good. It's also different types of bad. For example, in the world of good, we have Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, Rachamim, Torah, Tefillin, Tzitzis. These are all good things. But in the realm of bad, there are bad things. The power to steal, the power to be wicked, hating the truth, lying. And Hashem, the, Hashem has the power to create everything that encloses some way of it being expressing itself. So all good powers are expressed through the bodies. And how do the bad powers enclose themselves? Well, in the world of angels, even the bad gets enclosed within the angels. And in the world down here, it's enclosed within people. Okay. So there are people in the world that can be mamish great people, like the Merkava. Their actions are good. Um, but on the other hand, there are people who can be enclosed with evil things. So for the forces of good, we know there's a chariot in the world that the angels ride on, and in this world as well. Let's, let's say the Malach Michal, which is the Malach of kindness. And in this world, we had people like Avram Avinu who was a person of kindness. And we all know that if God forbid Nimrod would have killed Avram Avinu when he was three years old, the world would not have any kindness. And if God forbid the Malach Michal was destroyed, the whole world would be dark. 
Because a world without chesed would be a world that's like stone. And if we have an Avram Avinu, we have chesed in the world. Without Avram, we don't have any of that. Then it would be a world of evil. Without Avram, we wouldn't have any learning of Torah. So if we would lose all the good forces, we can only imagine how terrible it is. But how about the opposite? The forces of evil. What if Paro would have been killed before he was born? Life would have been a lot better. Paro made himself into a god. He knew the truth. But the truth of the matter is, he felt he was the god of evil. He was the chariot of evil itself. Okay? And if Paro, Hashem had not killed Paro at the Sea of Reeds, or the Egyptians, we'd still be struggling with Paro. Similar to the angel of Esau is part of the evil of the chariot of evil. Ishmael is the evil of Kaivas. So now, when they get destroyed and we are dancing on their graves, we're happy with their destruction. Why are we happy? Because this way we have what we have. We have Torah, we have Yerushalayim, we have Kedusha. Because when Hashem destroys Paro and destroys his forces at the sea, we have the ability now to receive the Torah. <coughs> if Paro was still alive, we would never reach our Sinai because there's too much evil in the world. And that's the great Simcha, the mitzvah, the Simcha of destroying Amalek. So now when we say, when we say your nation, the Jewish people are all tzaddikim, it means there's no such thing as a Jew who's a chariot for evil. It could be a Jew may do an Avera. It could be a Jew will do an evil act. But to be evil, that can't be. That's only by the Goyim. The Goyim can be a chariot of evil. The Goyim can be an incarnate of evil. A Jew, it's not possible. His source is connected to Hashem. It's never possible. Am chakulam tzadikim. If you see a Jew sinning, you need to know he still has a holy soul. And right now he did an evil act. And the truth of the matter is, how do we know that? Because there's no need to kill such a Jew. We can bring him back to the tshuva. Okay, and therefore we have to say, even now when he does evil things, but as far as Hashem is concerned, he's a tzaddik. He's a tzaddik. But we got to look a little deeper inside of him. That is the, the point. Okay, as we've said many times of the word uh, machatzis, the machatzis a shekel, which means the half shekel, coin, you only see half of the picture. If you take the external letters of machatzis, it's mem and sof, which is mace dead. Jew looks like he's dead when he's a Russian. You go in one letter on both sides, it's it's Ches and Yud, which is Chai. He's really alive. You take the middle letter, Tzadik, he's a Tzadik. That's what it's all about. That's what it's about. And this is the virtue of Shir Hashirim, because the Shir Hashirim is only talking about 
the existential connection between Hashem and the Jewish people. And in that source, there's no evil by Hashem and not with the Jewish people. That even though we get hit and we get hurt, still we are full of love with Hashem. In spite of everything. The root of a Jew is Kachikadashim. That's why that Shira is Kachikadashim. There's no discussion of destruction of evil. It's talking about the relationship Hashem has with the Jews. No matter how hard, no matter how bad things are, it's all love. And no destruction of the Jew. There can be challenges. There's no destruction of the Jew. So that's number one. Every Shira discusses the destruction of evil. But now we have to add one more point. That a Shira, by definition, singing means there's inner enthusiasm. Now, where's the enthusiasm coming from? Well, you know there is good in the world, there is evil in the world. All the good in the world is natural. <laughs> because why? It's the world of Hashem, and Hashem is good. The fact that everything in the world is good is not a big deal. It's supposed to be that way. The big the insight, the chiddush, the unusual thing is that there's bad in the world. Again, Yotzer Or, he fashions the light and creates the darkness. Yitzira fashioning is something that's natural. We say Yotzar formed. It's natural to have light and good. Where does darkness and evil come from? That has to be a brand new creation. It's not the natural state of affairs. So why does God create evil? Sir Chaim Velozhin says, Evil has a very important job. Evil's job is to reveal the power of Hashem when he destroys the evil. When you see a Jew, a tzaddik, who's sitting and learning Torah, and he knows the whole Torah, we get excited. Why? Because that Jew is able to destroy his Yetzirah. Okay? Uh, there sometimes there are uh, um, times where we don't succeed, and the Yetzirah grabs a hold of you. Let's think about it. If there was no Yetzirah, what would be the big chachma to serve Hashem properly? Let's give an example. Let's say you take a computer, you feed it all the information, a Barilan computer program. It knows Kol Hatorah Kula. It knows every single thing. It can tell you how many times this rabbi's name is mentioned. How many times this is mentioned. It's like incredible. Why do we not call a computer the, uh, the prince of Torah? Rather, we call Reb Chaim Kanievsky the prince of Torah. Why? The computer probably knows more than Reb Chaim. Truth is, in many stories, Reb Chaim knew more than the computer. I forgot the exact details of the story. They wanted to know something. The computer, what was fed in, wasn't fed in exactly perfect. And Reb Chaim knew there was a little mistake, so he knew more than the computer. But why do we not call the computer the Prince of Torah? Because the computer has no Yetzirah. It's no Chachma to be a scholar if you don't have a Yetzirah. So when a person sees good, he doesn't really get so excited. Because that's the way things should be. But when you see evil is destroyed, ah, that's something. 
there was a struggle and you need the power to overcome it. Evil doesn't get destroyed by itself. The evil of Paro got destroyed because the Jews showed faith in Hashem and jumped into the sea. Wherever you see evil being destroyed, you have to have tzaddikim who are fighting against it. That's what the joy comes from. The evil one has a specific job, is to nullify the concept of the unity of Hashem. As Paro said, Li-Yori, the sea is mine and I made it. Paro said, I'm the Balabas over here. And what's a Amalek a is to bring into the world a feeling everything's an accident. Atheism. There's no creator. Everything happens by accident. Everything is an accident. And therefore, the only purpose of the Eight Sahara is to deny the reality of the unity of Hashem to something other than Hashem. And when we merit to destroy the evil and we bring back the unity, we begin to sing immediately. Because there's a comprehension of renewal that happens with the destruction of the evil. And we sing to Hashem those greatest praises. When we praise Hashem over the killing of Paro, who was the chariot of evil, that Shira comes with it a great enthusiasm that we merited to see with our eyes its destruction. And when we see with our eyes the destruction of Paro, we know at the end everything will be destroyed. So now, what, so what's going on? So right now, we are going through a very challenging time. As I said many times, the fact that Jews were murdered and butchered in such a terrible way is a terrible chalashim. People saying, where's your God? Where's your God? Your God's supposed to help you. And more than that, when we defend ourselves and they turn everything around and say, we're the cruelest people in the world. We're genocidal. The people of God are genocidal. And yes, and they even quote out of context when Netanyahu and Galant and the other people that talk about it's Mechia Samolik, we have to destroy Amolik. To see, you're genocidal. And the truth is, aren't we genocidal? We believe you should kill everybody from Amolik, man, woman, and child. What a terrible people we are. Are we not genocidal that we're killing all these innocent Palestinian children? You gotta understand what, what is what is genocide. There's another thing. What is it called? Deicide. What's deicide? Killing God. <laughs> Isn't the world busy killing God all the time? God says there's male and female. People say no, there's no such thing. God is dead. But that's okay. You can kill God. Well, the only ones we want to kill are those who deny God, and the whole purpose is to deny God. That's what we have to fight for. And when we're looking right now, and it looks does not look so good, honestly. The world thinks we're terrible people. The world wants us not to destroy. Now, see, the Jewish people, uh, the politician, the Tanyo, they want we have to destroy Hamas. I don't know if he really wants to destroy him so much to fulfill the myths of destroying a Molek or not. 
You know, he quotes it. He quotes it. But there's a reason to kill Amalek, because Amalek represents all that is the Russia of the world to deny HaKadosh Baruch And that's exactly the Palestinians are fitting the role of Amalek now. They say we will never stop killing Jews. Why? Why do you want to kill Jews? Because they represent God. The eternal God. And now this is the war that we have to win. Now when will come out the greatest Kiddush Hashem? Of course, it's a great Kiddush when young men are studying Torah day and night. That's an amazing thing. But we don't get that excited about it because they're trained to learn that way. But for us to destroy evil, and now you see why it's so hard to destroy the evil. It's such an easy... Well, the truth is very easy. If they just carpet bombed the place, it would be finished. Yeah, but, you know, politicians don't totally believe in Hashem either. If we believe that there's something called evil, when you teach little children to want to kill Jews, you are evil and you've made the children evil and there's no solution to it. Torah understands Amalek, it's not just a question they happen to live under bad conditions. Amalek had nothing to do with us and they make a pick a fight with us. Paro, so cruel, he wouldn't, didn't want to let us go. So that final song that we will sing was when evil will be totally destroyed. So therefore, it's very important to have a lot of kavanah and oz yashir every day. Why? Because when we're saying oz yashir, part of our kavanah could be, Hashem, you did it once, you could do it again. And when Hashem did it the first time, we had no way of knowing how to do it. When Paro came to attack, what would the Jews say? We're finished. Either commit suicide, go back to Egypt. We're done. There was no logical way out to destroy this enemy. Hashem said, you just listen to me. Just go into the water. What? That's not going to... Just listen to me. Go into the water. Hashem takes care of everything else. Do what you can do. Hashem will take care of the rest. And we have to believe. And that we have to feel like every day it went through the ocean. And therefore, they'll give us a chizuk. To say, we can, this, this is evil. It's not just Hamas. It's not just, uh, what do you call the other bozos over there? Hezbollah. Hezbollah. Iran. Russia. North Korea. China. Joe Biden. All these people. Russia Marushas. We're waiting for the day for them to go to Hawaii because they deny the unity of Hashem. You can deny the unity of so many ways. It could be through being uh, hurting other people, human rights violations, or just violating what the concept of what a human is about. To murder babies is human rights violations. So a boy is a girl is human rights violations. To take the law and use it to not follow the law, to not allow your, your opponents to run against you, is all evil, evil incarnate. And we, and we die, when you sing the Shira, you might be saying, Hashem, we're so happy when evil is destroyed. Now you better be careful that you're not an evil person. But as a Jew, we know inherently we're not evil. We gotta do tshuva in our favors. But this is the end of Sukkot Zimra. The greatest song will be when all the opponents of Yichud Hashem are destroyed. And that's what we're happy. We're happy not that people had to die. We're happy that the ultimate unity of Hashem was expressed 
And as we end it, And then with that, we're able to finish Tzuka Zira and then move on to the Shema.